0: I'm
1: going to start recording. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Survive This Crit. A little special episode we have here today, the Survive This Crit spooktacular. This is our Halloween special, where we will be releasing episodes weekly specifically for the month of October on one specific subject, one that we consider to be very important and slightly controversial, and is the topic of werewolves. Specifically, Kylie and I met. We had a council meeting and we decided werewolves are not well represented in media today. They are overshadowed by the vampires and vampire related media of this world. Therefore, we are starting our own campaign this month. Hashtag, sexy again.
0: <laughs> On that note, welcome to our show. And if you don't normally watch our show, we don't normally post every week and focus on one topic. Normally, it's every other week and a film that we focus on per series. But we want to do something special. And shout out to May Olsen for the idea of suggesting that we do one central theme for multiple episodes. So we are here for werewolves mm-hmm. in general. I'm- and Nick, you have the original story.
1: I do. But before we get started on that, Kylie, I just want to remind our audience really quickly remember to like our videos and subscribe. What is it? If you're watching on YouTube, make sure feel free to leave a comment or, you know, you can also leave comments on an Apple Podcasts or anywhere like that. Yeah, just uh, help us feed that algorithm, everybody. So Kylie, are you hungry like the wolves for knowledge?
0: <laughs> I am hungry like the wolves as According to my notes here, I am a werewolf on the full moon. I got delicious bits of information to share.
1: All right. Well, let's start from the beginning, shall we? We shall. For those of you who don't know, the concept of werewolves themselves is based off of the mental disease known as lycanthropy, which is defined as the symptoms where a patient- believes that they are in fact a wolf to put it into a brief summary so when we look at the beginning stories the inspiration for werewolves themselves and where we get werewolf lore that's essentially what's based on is stories where people believe they were wolves so one of the first or earliest rather uh, stories about werewolves comes from a short story titled the man wolf by Emile Ehrichmann and Alexandre Chatrian. They are two French authors, and their story was later translated to English. Um, They wrote the story in 1876. The story follows a German doctor named Fritz, who is guided by his foster father, Gideon, as they venture to Castle Nidik to help the count of the castle as he suffers from lycanthropy. Now, at the time, they don't exactly know that it's lycanthropy. They just know that every year, around the same time, he suffers from wailing and uh, seems to be driven insane. And it's always uh, right around the time that a woman that they consider to be a witch called the Black Plague appears in town. That's right. Oh, they wow. refer to the, they. this woman is so nasty that they refer to her as the Black Plague.
0: That's a good nickname, honestly. Like Marvel should be snatching that up, make it a supervillain.
1: Oh, I bet. I'm sure there's someone like that already. Anyway, so one night, uh, Doctor Fritz finds that basically the Count is behaving. He- he's basically experiencing some wolf-like behaviors, uh, howling, and they uh, they also hear someone off in the distance which they later find to be the Black Plague woman herself, uh, howling in response. And uh, through some investigation, digging through the lineage of the family, they find that there is a family curse that goes back a few generations, tying the, the, uh, the previous lords of the castle to one of his past wives. He had two wives. And uh, basically... Anyone who has the bloodline of these two people is cursed to forever, basically suffer from lycanthropy is the essential idea. And uh, one night uh, Gideon and Fritz decide to track the Black Plague down after a couple of where she actually snuck into the castle and eventually she ends up dead and the curse is lifted. Uh, obviously there's more details everyone but um without giving away too much uh you know hopefully you can go off and read it for yourselves it's uh, actually a very interesting read yeah that's one of the early stories and then before that i found in some later research the story was kind of based off of uh, another story written by british writer writer sutherland menzies um it's called hugus the werewolf and that's another story where rather than actually have any lycanthropy or anything it's just a person who happens to be it's a person who just so happens to be kind of pretending to be a wolf for the sake of a rumor
0: um oh interesting
1: what is it What, what would the, be
0: the benefit there
1: <laughs> well according to my resource here it says the story takes place during the reign of Henry II and deals with a Norman family residing in the Kentish countryside. Although the family name is Hugus, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, their Anglo-Saxon neighbors know them as the Wolfricks, believing them to be werewolves. So thoroughly was accredited the the descent of the original lycanthropic stain, transmitted from father to son through several generations. Was it? The central character is the last surviving member of the Hugus-Wulfric family, driven to desperation by the deaths of his relatives and his status as a pariah, Hugus decides to strike out against the local community. Wearing a wolf costume, he masquerades as the supernatural creature that his neighbors believe him to be, and obtains free meat on a regular basis by intimidating the local butcher.
0: That's awesome. I mean, meat is so expensive now. I mean, maybe I should try something like that. Maybe I can get meat for a better price. It's crazy how expensive it is to buy steak.
1: Yeah. So, you know, if you ever feel like you need to, uh, you know, get some good deals on me. That's probably your best bet, I guess.
0: Yeah, that are good ranchers, which were not sponsored. And I I just see their ads all the time and it sounds good.
1: <laughs> yeah, reiterate again, not a sponsor.
0: So um, I have a couple more origins if you want to hear them. Take a journey with me across yes. the world, the ancient world. So the first thing I found was the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is known as the oldest Western prose. Uh, and these are very brief summaries of these stories. Uh, Gilgamesh jilted a potential lover because she had turned her previous mate into a wolf. So mm. that is just one little story. And then we're going to head over to Greek mythology, the legend of Lycon. According to the legend, Lycon, the son of pelagus angered the god Zeus when he served him a meal made from the remains of a sacrificed boy. As punishment, the enraged Zeus turned Lycan and his sons into wolves. And yeah, so that tracks. I mean, maybe that's where the word lycanthropy. A couple more that I found was the Saga of Volk Sung, which was Nordic folklore. A father and son who discovered wolf pelts that had the power to turn people into wolves for 10 days. And then when the father-son duo would wear the pelts, they went on a killing rampage in the forest. And the rampage ended when the father attacked his son and left a lethal wound. The son only survived because a kind raven gave the father a leaf with healing powers. So it seems like minimal consequences there for a ramp- causing a rampage, but father-son didn't die. The legend of Lugaur, which originated when French settlers settled in North America. I didn't have much more details on that one. That's just another in the list. lobizion was one which was described by the Spanish explorer Francisco de Orella as a huge wolf with a human face, which sounds terrifying. <laughs> Little Red Riding Hood is said to have been based on a werewolf, in which is German folklore. There are stories in Ireland, Irish fol- folklore as well. That's where a lot of the uh, ideology of being killed with silver came from. The werewolf of Biz. Clavret in France, which was a 13th century French French romance by Marie de France. He was a baron who was loved by the king, and he was given a werewolf for no given reason. And each week he would disappear for three days in werewolf form, and then his magic clothing would bring him back to human form. Kurtadam in Turkey. In Turkish folk tales, a werewolf is a man who turns into a wolf at night, killed with a silver bullet, so pretty standard. The wolf turned human after spiritual cultivation in ancient China. There is folklore behind that. And then the last one is more recent, the Hitler Werewolf Army. So there was a story that Hitler was trying to create a werewolf army, and because the Nazis were obsessed with the occult, they believed that this was something that they could try to do. So there's some just there's some of the craziness there in the werewolf lore. I had a couple serial killers, if you want to hear that claimed themselves to be werewolves if you'd like to hear about them.
1: Oh, sure, let's hear it.
0: So a lot of the times in the 1500s men who were called werewolves in France specifically were actually just serial killers that would kill children. So Pierre Burgot and Michel Verdun Um, They allegedly swore allegiance to the devil and claimed to have an ointment that turned them into wolves. But then they confessed to murdering several children, and they were burned to death at the stake. Giles Gardner is another uh, serial killer from the same era who did very similar acts. I don't know what was going on in France. They were having some, like, that seems to be where a lot of the mythology originates, outside of Mm -hmm. Gilgamesh and Greek mythology, but... The French were having a wild time back then in the 1500s. The Bedberg wolf. Peter Stubb was a wealthy 15th century farmer in Bedburg, Germany. He supposedly would turn into a wolf-like creature at night and devoured many citizens. Supposedly, he had an enchanted belt that gave him powers. And then oh. the final one. Is thankfully not a serial killer. Peter the Wild Boy. In the 1700s, a man was found naked in the woods, possibly a werewolf or raised by wolves. He had many wolf-like mannerisms and was adopted by King George I and later the second as their pet. And research shows that he had something called, uh, most likely had Pitts-Hopkins syndrome, which causes a lack of speech, seizures, um, distinct facial features, difficulty breathing, and intellectual challenges. So King George was like, I'm taking you home with me. You're my pet as a result. So yeah, those are a couple of the basic uh, stories that I found and some of the famous werewolves in history.
1: You could also say that uh, one of the other earlier stories of werewolves can be traced back to the Bible with the story of King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon.
0: That's Um, true. Do you want to elaborate on that for people who maybe are not as... Read on that particular story.
1: Another one of the uh, earliest mentions of uh, lycanthropy can be traced back to the Bible, specifically in Daniel four. Now, no mention is made specifically specifically of lycanthropy, but in Daniel four, we hear about King Nebuchadnezzar and how he begins to dwell among the beasts and is basically starts to grow hair that's as long as uh, birds' feathers and uh he begins to walk on all fours and things of that nature
0: oh cool i didn't realize that i never made that connection
1: and this was a um, result of his pride and god punishing him for his pride eventually king nebuchadnezzar uh, is healed and when he is healed he uh, also asks for repentance for his pride. I should mention that it is, it's again, it's an implied thing, it's similar, um, it's never explicitly stated. Yeah. So, so Kylie, question for you, of all the research you did about early uh, world stories, which one was your favorite?
0: I think the, I really like Greek mythology, so probably The Legend of Lycan, where the son of Pelagris angered the god Zeus, and as a punishment, Zeus turned Lycan and his sons into wolves. That was probably my v- favorite one. A lot of these other ones are much newer, I guess, in regards than Greek mythology or the Epic of Gilgamesh or the Bible. The other ones were a little bit more recent um, in regards to the storytelling. So yeah, I think the Greek mythology one was the coolest for me. But I liked that Little Red Riding Hood could be traced back to possibly werewolf origins, which is cool.
1: Oh, yeah. I heard about that as well, that uh, she herself might actually be a werewolf.
0: So, Nick, before we go into the films we talked about, can you let's break down what makes a werewolf? Like, what are the traits of, in fiction, somebody with lycanthropy, what are the werewolf traits? What makes a werewolf in cinema?
1: Well, specifically in cinema, werewolves are portrayed as people who basically every, well, in general, it's every full moon, a person who uh, transforms into a wolf-like creature. Uh, sometimes that can be instantaneous. Other times it's portrayed as horribly painful. But the general idea is once you turn into this beast, you uh, you lose all sense of humanity, and you essentially go on a killing spree. You, you go for anyone who is within the near vicinity. Sometimes you go for animals, too. It all depends. Let's see. And normally, you have a weakness in that case to silver. Uh, one thing I heard was uh, based off of alchemy, uh, silver was believed to be from the moon itself.
0: Oh, um, cool.
1: So that's another reason part of the lore as to why werewolves are susceptible to silver and then the general idea is if they don't end up killing you but instead they just bite you you yourself will become a werewolf now uh there's a couple other changes to the lore you know depending on the story sometimes uh, werewolves can occur any night or even during the day sometimes they serve vampires Uh, But the general idea is in all cases, they are massive killing machines, or you just get some type of increased strength and speed from it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing that we see in cinema a lot is that they don't remember what they did when they were a wolf, um, when they turn back into human form. The other thing I was going to say is that occasionally pelts or sashes help with the transformation with some of the historical legends. There's a couple other ways that they're killed, but I think we can talk about those when we talk about the movies. So mm-hmm. Nick, you saw, we both did, but I want you to talk about the oldest one that we saw. Uh, yes. What are some of the werewolf signs and what did you think of the film?
1: Yes. So uh, for our listeners, just so you know, I watched The Wolfman uh, from 1941 by Universal Pictures. Now, this movie is... Heralded as one, it's heralded as a masterpiece by, well, most of the people who watch it, which follows the story of a man named Larry Talbot, who, uh, after hearing about the death of his brother in a hunting accident, returns to his hometown to take over or to become the next heir to his uh, family's estate and ends up being bitten by a werewolf. Dun, dun, dun.
0: Dun, dun, dun.
1: Personally, I thought the movie was actually pretty good. Uh, there were a few things that were kind of dated that uh,
0: were...
1: They were okay. Um, overall, though, the movie was very good. It was short, succinct. It was a little weird because Larry was kind of a, a peeping Tom and uh, hitting uh-huh. on someone's fiancé. Um, which I thought to be an odd choice. And then um, also I felt like the film was kind of a victim of its time when it came to uh, scenes where uh, after transformation, wandering about the woods, the scenery of all that, it it didn't create a lot of suspense. But um, I think the actor uh, who played Larry Talbot, Lon Chaney Jr., I think he did a pretty good job of uh, filling in the rest and uh, driving across some very good emotion while he was uh, a man. And I I think he also just did a good job in terms of portraying the insanity that someone could suffer from basically being accused of someone else's uh, death when you have no recollection of it at all.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I liked... Uh he was like he was still somebody to root for so what was Mm -hmm. the transformation signs like for him i had a couple notes on that as well but i'd like to hear what you noticed
1: um the transformation was something that was a little disappointing to me mostly because it goes to the route of instantaneous transformation Mm -hmm. um for anyone who doesn't know what that necessarily looks like it's basically the guy the person who is a werewolf uh is a is in human form. And one second they're human, and then the next second hair just appears on them. Um, And they're suddenly in in the stature of a wolf, which is interesting. I think it suggests more uh, of a magical feature to the lore Mm -hmm. of werewolfism. But depending on the transformation itself, which most cases, when you start to have more dog-like features, Um, I think the portrayal you see in movies where you start to hear like bones kind of like go out of place and stuff like that. I think that's a little bit more realistic because basically if your face is turning into the shape of a dog and your brow starts to get a little bit bigger, your bones are literally moving at that point.
0: Yeah. Um, I would agree with you on that. Like I was a little disappointed, but it was the 1940s and like when the first, werewolf films made on film. I will yeah, say a I... theme that I noticed was the pentagram. Um, the pentagram was the symbol of the werewolf, was which was interesting. And the bite mm-hmm. that the werewolf gives is a star shape as well. So that was the only film out of all of them I watched where that was a continuous theme, as well as the gypsy's uh, poetry about the werewolf becoming a werewolf, as well as the spell that like turned it back she would say the way you walk is thorny though no fault of your own but as rain enters a soil the river enters it so tears can run to a predestined end which seemed like a spell that would change back whoever was a werewolf
1: that's possible although i'm not i don't think the movie really confirms or not that is actually the case but you you are right which is you're talking about the themes of the movie there were actually quite a few themes really it's all about dichotomy Mm -hmm. um There's a theme of science versus myth, uh, which we see through uh, Larry Talbot's father, who is a science, well, he dabbles in science uh, and is always looking for logical evidence to explain things versus the gypsies who just immediately know what's going on with uh, werewolfism. And then uh, established religion versus uh, superstition again it's the gypsies versus the church that's in town how everyone at the church we get that scene where at uh, they all Larry is coming into the church but then he backs off right before the service starts and leaves and everyone's just kind of staring at him and judging him. So that's supposed to be a theme of like again established religion and whether or not people, actually follow their beliefs of Christianity or not what what else was there and then of course the one maybe one of the more obvious ones which is man and his civilized nature versus his versus our primal nature
0: yeah absolutely so you did a great job summarizing that one I think the next closest one in time range was the curse of the werewolf which was 1961 it was one of the ones that I watched It was a man with brutal and macabre origins. Leon Corleto was raised in the home of Don Alfredo Corleto, plus rhyming, his kind and loving adopted father. When he leaves Don Alfredo to find work, Leon discovers that he has an increasingly violent urges. Although these tendencies can be calmed by Leon's love for beautiful Christina, He ultimately cannot contain his curse and transforms into a werewolf terrorizing the spanish countryside the one i thought was interesting about this one he was born a werewolf so his mother so trigger warning here skip past the next 10 seconds um if you don't want to hear about sexual assault or rape the mother was raped by a man in a jail cell she was mute and hmm. the baby was born on Christmas. And those two things combined somehow made a werewolf from birth. So there were okay. scenes of him as a, like, a child trying to fight the werewolf urges. And with the love of his adopted family, he could fight them off. And then when he fell in love with Christina, he also was able to fight and fight off the curse as well. So it was really odd. Um origins almost like a little too complex i felt like um it it ran about i felt a half an hour too long personally for my taste i liked the timing of the 1940s one better but the general transformation was like he uh gets sweaty and ill uh doesn't remember what happens the night before he's bipedal so he runs on two legs but his killing strategy seems to be by strangling which was interesting, definitely like not just biting. Like he chose to kill people by strangling them. Um, that seems like an odd
1: choice for someone with claws,
0: right? Yeah, those were the basics points. I liked this one, but I didn't like it as much as the 1941 Wolfman, um, just because it was, it was really, it was, it was sad. Like the the first half an hour of this poor woman going through hell just to have a baby who ends up being a werewolf.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, this film doesn't sound uh, all that great. The way it you're was, saying. It was
0: beautifully done, but it wasn't my favorite out of the ones that we watched. And like in this one too, we could talk about how they explored class and the economics of the time, but I do want to make sure we can keep this pretty quick. So I'm going to focus on the traits for the films okay. that I watched. But real quick, one last thing about the Curse of the Werewolf. It was another one of those things that just made it a little too complicated to be enjoyable. The only way it could die was with the silver bullet from a crucifix. Specifically from
1: a crucifix.
0: Yes. That is the only way it could work.
1: I mean, it kind of, I mean, it just plays on that holiness sense a bit, but you know, that's not the traditional way that the lore works. So yeah, it
0: it it was like the movie was trying really hard to do something just a little bit different. The next one I saw was American Werewolf in London, 1981. David and Jack, two American college students, are backpacking through Britain when a large wolf attacks them. David survives with a bite, but Jack is brutally killed. As David heals in the hospital, he is plagued by violent nightmares of his mutilated friend who warns David that he is becoming a werewolf. When David discovers the horrible truth, he contemplates committing suicide before the next full moon, which causes him to transform from man into a murderous beast. I loved this one. It was really well done. Uh, The chemistry was great. It was a good time. The transformation itself. So intense pain. Like this actor went through a lot of pain getting naked. We watched him grow hair, which was probably the grossest part for me. Uh, it was really unnerving the way they did it. They literally showed his skin just growing hair at a rapid rate. A slow and painful transformation. He walked on, he was on all fours, so more like a traditional wolf. He looked m- the most like a traditional wolf out of the 1940s and the 1960s film. So he, no previous memory of what happened, but mind and body feel great afterwards. And murder victims are half eaten. But his death was a little different. Just getting shot killed him. It wasn't a silver bullet thing. It was just getting shot. So it's a little bit harder to be an American werewolf in London. You're going to just die by a regular bullet. Eh, you know. But I do recommend that one to anybody who's seen it or not seen it. It was beautifully done. The chemistry and the relationships were just awesome. So Nick, you saw the next one in our time order. I
1: uh... So next one I watched was Teen Wolf from 1985, a more lighthearted film. Uh, The transformations were, again, that instantaneous transformation we were talking about earlier. And this, as I was saying, took a lot more of a a lighthearted view on werewolf transformations. Michael J. Fox stars in the film as a teenager who is terrible at basketball, but then for some reason, when he turns into a werewolf, he suddenly becomes amazing at it. (laughs)
0: that's awesome and
1: it was a little weird because they kind of equated werewolf transformation to uh to erections at one point
0: oh interesting teen Um, boy i guess that makes sense but the idea
1: the idea is that the transformations are not caused by phases of the moon or anything like that but rather by heart rate oh so any type of stressful or um exerting situation he gets himself into loss of emotion like a loss of control of his anger anything like that could cause him to become a werewolf basically he doesn't really go through any type of suffering anything like that until later on when uh all the kids who thought that he was so cool because he was a wolf man turn on him because he kind of uh loses it at a school dance when a bully just keeps egging him on But he then has to discover in the championship basketball game, Kylie, at all times. So the whole time, he's carrying his team uh, to an undefeated uh, record. Was it just basically playing one-on-five basketball? Everyone else resents him. Everyone on his team resents him for uh, basically becoming a ball hog. And then at the final game, which just so happens, the opposing team has that same bully that was messing Mm -hmm. with him at the school dance. He decides to play the entire game as a regular human and through teamwork and just belief in yourself they happen to win the championship game
0: oh my goodness
1: and he gets the girl who was it she's the girl next door who he's constantly overlooked and immediately friend zoned at the beginning of the movie
0: (laughs) that's awesome that's yeah, so the transformation there is totally different too, especially because as a child, it's like a lot more control there. Teen Wolf, that isn't a show, a Teen Wolf show too? Because it, yes. it seems like it uh, would have been 26- a franchise. In
1: 2016, well, so here's the thing, <laughs> they did make a sequel to it. Um, oh, okay. I did not watch that. It was a lot more unpopular, but then in 20, not 2016, my bad, it was 2012, 2011, somewhere around that time, MTV came out with a Teen Wolf series, which, Kylie, wouldn't you know it, they made Werewolf sexy.
0: They did. I mean, I feel like that's one of the few shows that did.
1: I watched as a kid the first couple seasons of it, but then I kind of stopped once I started to realize, like, this was your average uh, MTV show where every teenager is apparently super sexy, and there are all these weird little gimmicks going on. Uh, and then it's suddenly one season was about a lizard creature and I was like mm, no I'm done
0: all right that's totally fair so I think you have the next one in chronological order so uh, what was the next one for you
1: next one for me was the remake of 1941's Wolfman in uh, the 2010 version starring Benicio Del Toro and Emily Blunt
0: Emily Blunt and Anthony Hopkins is in it too, right? Yes,
1: Sir Anthony Hopkins himself.
0: Back from our Silence of the Lambs days.
1: <laughs> yep. In some ways, I actually felt like 2020, the 2010 version was better. Um, really? Which, Can sorry. you expand on that? Yes. So to preface it, I will state, artistically, the 1941 version, yes, is better uh, in terms of just cleaner plot, makes a lot more sense. Um, That's one problem with this movie. It adds another 30 minutes and changes up the story. Some of the changes are actually kind of good. Like, for example, um, Gwen Conliffe, which is the woman that Larry Talbot hits on in 1941, who uh, happens to be engaged in that Mm -hmm. movie. Uh, In the 2010 version, she was instead engaged to his brother, who again died in a terrible accident and so she's single now when larry comes onto the scene and again he starts to hit on her um of course (laughs) yeah it does also have the horrible sin of using too much cgi especially for the cgi werewolf i'll say the only part where i didn't mind the cgi was the transformation because it actually went through the process of showing the painstaking details of going through the transformation you see the bones start to shift and move and his face move and everything. But besides that, you can tell that the uh, crew of the film really leaned on the dark lighting to help kind of mask the bad CGI. But it did end in a, wolf re- a werewolf the werewolf fight between Larry Talbot and his dad, so we get Benicio Del Toro fighting Anthony Hopkins.
0: Oh, that's cool.
1: <laughs> but The other main difference from the film is uh, it turns out Larry Talbot's father is uh, also a werewolf and he would every full moon lock himself in a crypt so he didn't escape. But then one night he succeeded in, well, he accidentally got loose and went on a killing spree and then decided he actually liked it and decided that now every full moon he would uh, go ahead and start killing
0: Dang. that's one way to get out some stress relief. It seems like the Wolfman remake and the American Werewolf in London are the only two that really very slowly show the painstaking process of becoming a werewolf out of all the uh, films that we've seen.
1: Yeah, the ones we've seen for sure. I'm sure there's other ones, of course, that
0: oh, show definitely. that transformation.
1: Um, the other thing I thought was funny enough to be worth mentioning was just how horrible benicio del toro looked as larry talbot i mean he had like some type of weird 1800s bowl cut going on he no. looked he looked like he was just a total creep the whole time like his eye he had like these weird shadows around his eyes and he's just like he s- would stare at everyone like this like so if we're talking about the characters of larry talbot i definitely like 1941's version a lot better he was a lot more of a charismatic man
0: Mm, Yeah, I will say that because I saw that one as well and I was like, yeah, he's being real creepy, but he's also being very charming and not like murdery about it. Exactly. So, respect that. The last one I saw was Werewolves Within, the 2021 film based off of the video game. So, a snowstorm traps residents together inside a local inn where newly arrived Forest Ranger Finn and postal worker... Sicily must try to keep the peace and uncover the truth behind a mysterious creature that has begun terrorizing the community so this one i liked the message there was like a message of kindness throughout which was cool i will say overall this one was not my favorite it's a horror comedy but and I know this is contrary to what our guest in the next episode thought. I just thought the pacing was really slow for something that should be funny. And the the characters were so big. Each character was really big that they honestly kept kind of overpowering each other. Because there was a lot of ensemble scenes. But it was hard to focus on the talent of each character. Because each character was doing this much. And they were just overpowering each other. I felt like the whole time. The werewolf transformation for this one, the way they shot it, it almost made it look like the werewolf was invisible for the first half, but it looked very human. And I'm not going to give spoilers for those who want to watch it on who the werewolf is since it's a mystery, but it looked more human, I think, than any of the other ones that we'd seen. The biggest transformation was the face. Um, They had claws, but they did jump around and have the agility of a werewolf. And it was not killed with silver it was killed with a stick through its neck
1: oh okay a lot simpler
0: yeah i know i thought so too so there was definitely some humor in it but i do think it was a lot of really talented people kind of shuffled in an odd way so out of the films that you saw what was your favorite
1: if i had to pick one i mean oddly enough the one i would watch again would be the 2010 version of the Wolfman, only yeah. because I felt like it was probably the scariest of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not necessarily as good as the original Wolfman, but it does a lot better at uh, creating a sense of suspense and horror, at least coming as someone who was born in a much later time period than uh, when the original came out. So, you know, victim of its time, unfortunately. Um, Yeah. But I would encourage anyone who's curious to go watch the original first. It is actually a good film.
0: Yeah, make sure to check out all these. We want to hear your thoughts. If you're like, no, you guys are dumb. We liked this film. Let us know. We're not perfect in in our reviews of these. These are our our opinions. I personally Mm -hmm. loved American Werewolf in London. I thought it was really well done, as I said earlier. And we do see some werewolves on tv and film like you mentioned earlier but they're oftentimes sidekicks or they're on b-list movies they're just not as popular so Mm -hmm. why do you think werewolves aren't in film and tv more why aren't they sexy
1: (laughs) well reason i think they're not sexy honestly is well what i've typically noticed in different vampire genre films and tv they typically kind of bash on werewolves as being mm. dogs, you know, um they're seen as lesser compared to vampires. And in terms of one v one raw strength, for sure, like I probably would believe that a vampire would beat a werewolf, but honestly, I think werewolves are much cooler. so I mean the the idea of being part animal, having that speed, that ferocity, it's always been exciting to me. Maybe two people just. Not enough people are furries, I guess.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> Apparently not because werewolves are not as popular as sparkly, uh, vampires. So Nick may have just revealed something about himself with his, uh, fuzzy blanket and all that in the background. Is that a tail back there? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
1: Uh, no, that is a fuzzy pillow and a hedgehog. So.
0: Okay. Well, I agree with you there. Like they are kind of, I do like werewolves. I can see where making stories around vampires is easier because the traditional lore with werewolves is they don't remember what they do when they're werewolves. So I think over time, a lot of the films kind of get a little repetitive in that way, where they are kind of victims of becoming a beast, whereas vampires are actively choosing to create destruction through their order whereas werewolves are agents of chaos but they're kind of unforced into it based on an infectious bite or um an inheritance that they had
1: yeah and i think you you bring up a good point there which is uh was it if i might add it add in a little bit more to it it seems like it's almost easier to have creative freedom when it comes to power sets with Mm -hmm. vampires just because of it just seems like people kind of force themselves into a box with werewolves. They think, okay, well, you're becoming animal. so you only get animal like powers. Where vampires, you know, uh, there's so much lore that they can kind of change it around. Uh, with Twilight, they get, well, I don't know, there's so many different powers a vampire could have in that franchise. But in general, vampires have flight, hypnotism, immortality. Uh, I think that's one of the things people like about them too is probably that they are immortal, whereas werewolves not as much.
0: Yeah. Um, werewolves so, are still man in their core.
1: That's probably one reason why I, I think people just see a lot more creative freedom. Um, but again, I think cinematically, watching werewolves just move around and uh, you know go through these vicious attacks, I think seem a lot more interesting.
0: Yeah, I think I'd like to see more werewolves on screen. I was looking up some recent stuff. There's a new show called Wolf Pack with Sarah Michelle Geller that's on Paramount Plus. So if you want to get more even more recent media, go check out Wolfpack. Obviously, Jacob from the Twilight series, he's a notable werewolf. Professor Lupin. Teen Wolf, the say? films in the series. Uh, and then there's a lot of other great shows where werewolves kind of take the back seat, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The Vampire Diaries. There's a ton of supernatural shows out there that feature werewolves, but if you want to get your wolf hit, there were some suggestions. So everyone, that is a brief wrap up, including a watch list of what to watch on TV, of recent werewolf watch list, of recent werewolf films and TV shows that have come out. But definitely take a look at some of the films that we mentioned, let us know your thoughts. We will be posting every week in the month of October, and it's all going to be werewolf themed. So make sure to come back for more, and we will see you next week. Bye now. Bye, everybody.